It is Chris and welcome to the Warfare Anxiety Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for spending some time in listening to the podcast. It's really good to have you here. And today we are taking a look at metacognitive therapy. So maybe a bit bit dry and academic, but I'm really going to try and keep it focused on why metacognitive therapy is cool and what the potentials it has and the, the practical applications, not necessarily the kind of academic-y stuff about why it's good, the research studies, that kind of stuff. So if you've had anxiety, depression, OCD, other mental health issues for a while, you're probably familiar with cognitive behavioural therapy if you've gone if you've gone for any kind of therapy, if you spoke to your GP. It's probably been mentioned to you. If you haven't, then uh, cognitive behavioural therapy, CBT, is the kind of dominant way that we treat mental health difficulties these days. And there's a good reason for that. It's really evidence-based. It's been around a long time. And it's just the most effective thing we have for it. And there's other therapies out there, such as acceptance and commitment therapy and mindfulness-based cognitive therapy. And then there's a new one. I say new. um, It's called metacognitive therapy. It's new in terms of it's only been around a decade or two. um, And it it takes a long time to build up these big evidence bases to show it works, right? Um, The big driver behind it is a guy called Adrian Wells, who is a professor of uh, psychology, I want to say. So I think his official title is Psychopathy, which sounds even cooler. Uh, he's, he's based over at the University of Manchester, but did his master's degree at my university, the University of Leeds. So that's pretty cool. And the idea behind metacognitive therapy is that it is thinking about thinking. So it's quite deep if you if you like to get into the kind of layers of thinking then this is a really good therapy for you. It does it does make it kind of complicated though. I know when I I did some just to kind of find out what it was like and uh, it's difficult to get out of that that CBT mindset and into a a metacognitive mindset where you're thinking about thinking. So you know practically what does that mean thinking about thinking what what does that mean in the real world? Well, the idea is that we have some beliefs about our beliefs. So it's not just we have a belief that says, if I go to this party, I will die of embarrassment. That's a belief, right? And it's a, an incorrect belief, and it's one of the beliefs that will cause us to have anxiety, and that we can reduce our anxiety by dispelling. So that's a belief. But what metacognitive says is that we actually have beliefs about beliefs as well. So these beliefs might be, for example, worrying keeps me safe or worrying is useful. And many of us will, if we're really honest with ourselves, will believe that, right? Like the idea that, that worrying keeps us safe is something that really resonates with me. I I think I need to worry because otherwise bad things will happen and in fact you know when I go I went went on a trip to the beach on Saturday and I took loads of stuff and I kind of know that that the reason I take so much stuff is because I'm a worrier but 
you know, actually also, I, I believe that deep down, that if I didn't take all this stuff, then, you know, something goes wrong and, you know, I don't, I cut myself and I, I didn't pack my first aid kit and so I end up bleeding to death on the beach and everyone's sad because I'm dead. And the, the problem with this belief is that when you believe that worrying keeps you safe, you're never really going to engage that much with a therapy that's designed to reduce your worry because on a subconscious level you're thinking no I have to worry because I'm, I'm kept safe by this so that's how worrying keeps me safe is an example of a, a positive belief that we um, a positive metacognitive belief and there's also negative metacognitive beliefs. So, for example, uh, I cannot change or I cannot control my thoughts. They're negative beliefs about our mind. And, again, you know, the idea that worrying keeps me safe will perpetuate uh, our anxious thoughts because we think it's useful. When we think we can't change and we can't control the thoughts in our mind, again, that's going to cause us not to engage in therapy because we think, what's the point? We're stuck like this. We can never change our thoughts. So the idea of metacognitive therapy is to challenge these beliefs, both the positive and the negative ones, because it all contributes to maintaining our anxiety. And then once we've got rid of these beliefs, we can then attack the beliefs themselves and we'll be much more successful at that because now we believe that it's going to work and that it's going to be beneficial for us. So let's compare CBT to metacognitive therapy. And let's, let's use the party example again. So in CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, we would look at why we were anxious about going to a party. And the belief would usually something like, I'm worried that I will make a fool out of myself and humiliate myself because that would just really be embarrassing and then you know my friends will all laugh at me and they'll never invite me back to their party again and I'll have no friends and I'll die alone. That's a kind of typical fear that we might have in going into a social situation, right? And if we look at this from a CBT lens, then what we would do, we would challenge the idea, uh, will we humiliate ourselves well, it's possible, but it's very unlikely, right? We've been to a lot of parties, and maybe we humiliate ourselves once, but it, it really doesn't happen that often, so we can say, well, the, the, the idea that it will happen is that's a false belief because it's unlikely to happen. And the other way we could challenge that would be to look at the social consequences, to say, well, even if we did humiliate ourselves, everyone would have a laugh, we'd remember it forever, but actually our friends would have forgotten about it two weeks later when someone else did something funny, and they move on to that. And actually the social consequences of doing something embarrassing are not that bad. So that would be the cognitive side of the CBT, and then we'd go to the party and we'd notice that we weren't humiliating ourselves and that when we did do something embarrassing people just overlooked it uh, and they didn't say anything and they just forgot about it really quickly and that would be how we would tackle that. But now if we switch that to a metacognitive lens then we would challenge not the beliefs themselves but the beliefs we have about the beliefs so we wouldn't even give the idea credit that 
you know, we'd humiliate ourselves, we'd just say, well, why why would we even give this thought some, some uh, airtime in our brain, kind of? So we'd say things like, well, is is it that useful to worry? Maybe all this worrying does help us stop us humiliate ourselves, but actually it's, it's not that bad. We've kind of dispelled the social consequences, so this worrying isn't really keeping us safe because there's no danger here and secondly we could challenge the idea that we needed to keep worrying because a lot of these times we'll worry and then we'll tell ourselves no it's fine and then we'll come back and do some more worrying later and we can challenge the idea that that worrying is useful because we don't have any new information right the party's on saturday you've done some worrying on tuesday and you've reminded yourself that this worrying isn't keeping you safe and then on wednesday the worry comes back it just pops into our mind right that happens a lot it's annoying uh, at that point one of the metacognitive techniques we could use was to say i have no new information from yesterday so I wouldn't give this worrying any more time because it's not productive. I can't make a better decision based on new information because it isn't new information. So based on that, I'm just going to stick to the decision I made yesterday and not give this worrying any airtime. So it's it's tough to do this because it's a whole level of abstraction, right? You, abstraction, you've got the, the first layer, uh, I guess the kind of real this is really happening to me and then CBT takes it one layer up and say let's examine the beliefs that are making us feel this way that are giving us the tight chest and the nauseated feeling and all of that and then metacognitive therapy takes it a layer up and says why am I having these beliefs and what can we do about them are they legitimate should we be giving them attention so it, it it was definitely a struggle for me to get up to that level, but once it once I did, it was really useful to understand why I was maintaining a lot of these thoughts and why I was reluctant to give them up and why I could, you know, my subconscious was still giving them value. So in CBT, you have exercises to do like building your exposure hierarchy and then going out and doing some of those things. And in metacognitive therapy, there are exercises as well. And just to give you one example, for example, a negative metacognitive belief you might have is that you cannot control your thoughts. Well, that's quite easy to prove or disprove in an exercise, right? Because all we need to do is do a kind of like mindfulness-based exercise where we are directing our thoughts at specific things and just learning to focus on them and doing things like this shows us actually we can control our thoughts because we can move it from from item to item in the room and we can just focus on that and whenever thoughts come in we can learn to bat them away and really stay focused and for each of the beliefs there are different exercises to challenge challenge the ideas so just to summarize metacognitive therapy it's about challenging beliefs about beliefs which is quite a high level of abstraction i really like it i don't think that it will directly replace cognitive behavioral therapy 
but what I think it will do is provide us with another tool in the tool belt. So we'll probably do some CBT. That'll give us techniques to challenge our beliefs directly. Maybe we'll do some metacognitive and that'll give us the tools to challenge the beliefs about the beliefs. or to, And then we can get rid of them and then go back to CBT and CBT will be more effective again. So where exactly it will fit into the kind of lineup of therapy, I think is still to be determined, but it's really interesting. It's a really kind of eye-opening topic for me, and I look forward to seeing where metacognitive will go in the future. If you have any more questions, just drop me an email. We're on all the social media channels as well, and yeah, loads of ways to get in touch hope you've enjoyed the podcast if you're on itunes it would be great if you could go rate and review the show Uh, if you're not following us already then you can subscribe on itunes subscribe on stitcher there's a subscribe on android if you've got the website there's loads of ways to subscribe to make sure you don't miss out on future podcasts thanks for listening i will speak to you soon